0: I am honored to stand before you in this great house. It is a privilege I take not lightly. And I am grateful for my friend and for your assignment and for what God has called you to do and this great company of people have been called to do. I did not come with notes tonight. I just want to tell you up front, I don't have a sermon. I did not bring something I've preached somewhere else. I don't have a four point with three subcategories and a footnote. Mm-hmm. The JFWC people here are saying, if you could just preach a four-point on a Sunday morning, we'd love to hear just a four-point, Pastor Dan. It's usually 24-point message. I'm sorry. I preach the everlasting gospel sometimes everlastingly on a Sunday morning. I honor you too, Reggie. I honor you. I honor the gift of God in you, the call of God on you. I thank God for what you're doing in marketplace ministry even now in this moment and I just echo the voice of the sh- the shepherd of this house and say, I bless you in Jesus' name. I honor everyone who has had a chance to come and be with us from JFWC tonight. Just thank you for coming and just lending your faith with your pastor for what God wants to say to this house. So the burden of the word of the Lord came upon me. Hmm. Now, you know, it's, If you know me, I take Joe with me everywhere I go. I didn't bring Joe. If I'm not bringing notes, I'm not bringing Joe. (laughs) Because the Lord really wanted us to really just hear from him tonight. So I'm just going to ask you tonight, if you would, to allow me just to deliver what the word of the Lord is that's on our heart for you as a people. And I'm really into you. You can uh, notes are good. Some preachers just go scarily off the bunny trails um, without some kind of bumpers f- with notes. And I just want to say to you, if you'll go with me to Genesis chapter 26, I promise I won't read from Genesis to Revelation tonight. We'll we'll stay in one chapter primarily with a couple of caveats in a couple of other places. I believe God wants to say something to you. I'm, I am I'm very aware of Holy Spirit's sacredness in the moment. You, your confession that you made a few moments ago set you in alignment with heaven. Your worship opened the windows of heaven. You have an open portal of worship. You have an open heaven here. There are no windows of brass. The windows are open. The presence of the Lord is here. I've already received testimony that God was moving in a way this morning that you gave room for Him to touch you and refresh you and to visit with you. A people who make room for the Holy Spirit Is a picture of the Holy Spirit making room in a people for what he wants to do. And there are things we need to be, there are things that need to be done in us to make us ready for this that God wants to do in this season. And it requires yieldedness, it requires letting go of, you know, our regularly scheduled programming. It requires us to say, God, what are you saying in this moment? I can turn on Christian television and I hear a witness. I hear testimony. It bears witness with my spirit. God is moving in the earth. All over the world, God's spirit is moving. Should I sing it? Would the organ come up? Even as the waters cover the sea, all over the world, God's Spirit is moving. We see the signs. The Scripture told us they were coming. My grandparents thought the day of the Lord was in their day. But they told their children, look for the return of the Lord. So labor while it's day, because the night cometh. So their children raised up their children, my parents, to hear that the word of the Lord was the day is coming when the night will fall and there's no more time. So labor now in the vineyard. Be on the ready. And in their generation, they raised me and my brothers up to hear the word of the Lord. My cousin is here tonight. Our our fathers proclaimed the word of God. And I just say to you tonight that this is the moment that we had heard about. The reason is because certain signs have come now to pass. And we know even now that the hearts of men and women are failing them for fear. On occasion, a war would rise up and people would get, you know, scared. We live in a moment where fear has attempted to take the hearts and minds of people. And I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about those who have called on the name of the Lord. We live in a moment where we, we literally must see this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. All, all sons and daughters are prophesying and, and this is that moment. And you are right now in a very, you're in a kairos moment. You're in a pointed time. This is an appointed time for this house. And I have stood in this house before you stood in this house, perhaps. Before you had come to this house, I I had been here. I've been in this house. I've known this house for 16 plus years. And I've heard the songs and I, I watched the Word of God and I've seen these breaking outs of the move of God. And if any of you have been here longer than that, then you know what I'm talking about. I say to you that this is not just a happenstance or... It was an on-purpose kairos moment is just the better way for me to say it. God planned for you to be here in this time. And God is not a liar. He's not a man that He should lie. And when He declares a word, He declares it for a people. He declares it for a place. And He declares it for a time. And God doesn't operate on my time schedule. Is there anyone here who can bear witness that God has not always operated on your time schedule? He may not come when you want Him, don't make me sing it, but He'll be there right on time. You know what I'm talking about? He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. And yet it would seem that this is the on-time moment for our on-time God. So when the burden of the Word of the Lord came to me, I was... I can tell you as I was leaning in really hard and I was looking at some of the words that the Lord had been stirring in my heart and I was saying, now Lord, this is a word in my heart right now for our house. Is this also for their house? And and I got no confirmation from the Holy Ghost. And whenever I don't get anything from the Holy Ghost, I know I need to lean in and listen more. And then there was distractions and there was... Issues and things attempting to just be busy in my head. But God, who is faithful to the prayer, Lord, you know what you want to say to your sons and daughters in that house for this moment, for what God is doing now and is doing and unfolding and shall do. Mm -hmm. Just in leaning in on that, I can tell you, God wants to know if you're leaning in. He wants to know if you're just pressing in a little bit more. Just a little further. There was a woman who risked her life and pressed in further. And when she got to the hem of His garment, All right. yeah. virtue flowed. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis 26. I yield myself again to you, O Lord, that your word might be proclaimed for the burden of the word of the Lord that is upon our heart. For this house, we believe, O God, that you have joined our hearts. Father, I thank you for the distinct DNA of Christ point that points people to Christ. I thank you for the location. It's not circumstantial. It's on purpose. I thank you for the kindnesses that have been shown this congregation and the kindness, kindnesses that this congregation has shown this community and this region and to myself even personally. Now, O oh Lord, may the burden of the word of the Lord that is on your heart and in your mouth have free course in mine, that your people will know that they have heard from you this Night. there was a famine in the land other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham, I'm reading from the amplified version tonight. and Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. I'd just like to point out to you you have no business going to the king of the Philistines. Isaac did. I don't have time to talk about it, but I want to mention to you, this is an interesting juxtaposition. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will tell you. So the circumstances are famine has come, not the famine that Abraham dealt with, now a new famine. Abraham is in the presence of the Lord He's in the place we call Abraham's bosom. He is no longer here. But his son, who is the son of promise, the promised son, is now facing a similar dilemma as his daddy did. And so he's gone to see the king, King Abimelech. The name King Abimelech means father is king. Isn't that Interesting. And so he got there and the Lord appeared to Isaac and he said, Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Dwell temporarily in this land. So there are always instructions when famine comes. The Lord appears to give you instructions. Don't go as far as Egypt. You're right here at Gerar. You have just come down to talk to King Abimelech. But do not go any further. Don't go to Egypt. You can dwell here temporarily. Someone say temporary. God does give permission to a temporary. This Word tonight will help everybody. It will meet you at some place in this prophetic burden of the Word of the Lord. But hear yourself as more than just one component. It will touch everyone in probably multiple capacities. But allow yourself tonight, allow yourself to stand before the Lord and let Him look into your life and show you the different perspectives of what He's doing. Would you do that with me? Because when I read this and I heard the word of the Lord, it came to me and he told me right where to go. I began to read it. I realized that God is multifaceted in what he does and he speaks to us on multiple levels. And the reason is he wants us to see where we have come that's good, but where we yet need to come. Skills that we've developed, other skills that we have neglected. And positions or relational components that have been successful or haven't been successful and how he wants to juxtaposition that with his purpose in our life. So he is being told by the Lord, this is a temporary dwelling in the land and I will be with you. Someone say, I'll be with you. He says, and I will favor you with blessings. You know, when famine comes and the word of the Lord comes to you, I will be with you and I will favor you with blessings is a reassurance. It's better than low interest rates. It's better than low interest rates. It's better than a check in the mail from the government. It's it's better. This is a promise... He says, in this temporary dwelling here, I will be with you and favor you with blessings. Someone just needs to say that right now. The Lord says, in this temporary situation, there's a blessing and a favor coming on my life. I need somebody who will tap in and draw on the anointing tonight and hear the word of the Lord for your life and for your family. He says, so for you and for your descendants, when God begins to make promises, He's not just speaking to you, but He's generational in His blessing and in His promises. Now, you may have known that from before, but you need to understand what He promised Abraham that He would do for Isaac. He's visiting Isaac personally. Give him a promise for him as well. And I will give you some of this land. Is that what your Bible says? My Bible says, I will give you all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I'm I'm trying my best not to cut loose right here, but I gotta tell you, God makes promises and He keeps those promises. And some of you from your mother's womb have heard the word of the Lord and the word of God has been spoken over your life and you have wondered how long shall it wait but the word of the Lord over your life is God who swears an oath to your father will keep it and perform it in your life. I need somebody to anchor in on that one right now. Because Isaac needed to be reminded, and sometimes we do too, that God makes promises and He keeps them. I've broken my promises to God. I've tried to keep promises, I've broken them. I'm going to fast for 7,000 years, oh Lord. You know, it didn't happen seven minutes. But God says, I made an oath to your Father. And I will perform which I swore to Him. And I will make your descendants to multiply as the stars of the heavens. In your posterity, listen, and I will give to your posterity all these lands and kingdoms. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and or by Him bless themselves. For Abraham listened and obeyed my voice and he kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So Isaac, Stayed in Gerar. I would too. The Lord says it's temporary. What is the temporary situation you have found yourself in just now in life? And you're wondering, when is it going to change? God is the God of blessing His children in the temporary dwelling. Sometimes we just egg God on to get me to my final destination. Could you be willing... Would you be willing tonight just to say yes to this moment? Yeah. Just the, the place of the press. The place where the grapes are pressed. The place where the, where the olives are being pressed. And the sweet oil that comes from that. When God is pressing something in your life, stuff happens. And when it does, God wants you to know He will make good on His promises. All right. The stuff that happens is not the sign of God's anger. Or displeasure with me. The promise of God is where he's hung out. He refuses to be mocked. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So the men of the place asked him about his wife. And he pulls a stunt like his daddy. Says, oh, uh, she's my sister. Because he was afraid to say, she's my wife. Thinking the less the men of the place... Should kill me, for Rebecca was a knockdown, drag out, gorgeous, good-looking woman, beautiful to look upon. That's the amplified, amplified, amplified version. And when he had been there a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out the window and he saw Isaac caressing Rebekah, his wife. Which means he knew that wasn't a sisterly, sissy, how you doing today? He saw the way she, he looked at her. Hey, hubba, hubba. Ancient Hebrew for hey, good looking. Did you know that? And he touched her. Maybe he touched the small of her back. Maybe Maybe just the way he put his hand on her. That king knew right then and there. Listen, even the king of the Philistines knew the dude had lied. Now, you and I might get mad that someone lied to us, but I want you to notice what Abimelech was upset about. He called Isaac and said, Hey, hey, she certainly isn't, she's your wife. How did you dare say to me she's your sister? And Isaac said, Well, you know, because I thought I might die on her account. I mean, she is knocked down, dragged out, good looking, and somebody might have killed me to have her. That's the extended version of the Amplified. Abimelech said, Then what is this that you've done to us? What is the snare you've set before us? Now, God has just said to you in your life, He's got a plan for you. This is a temporary moment. I'm going to bless you. And you flat out lie to protect yourself. The God who's made promise, I'm going to bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, I think the Word of the Lord to us right here is that even in your temporary dwelling or in this space along the way on the journey, that it's not appropriate to cause the king to perhaps find himself in a trap. Because this king knows it's the son of Abraham. He understands he's got blood covenant with El Shaddai. He knows who he is. There is a certain reverence upon Isaac, because of Abraham and the immensity of his knownness in this community. So he charged all of his people. He he said this, anyone who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Do you see how serious Abimelech is? He wants him around because he wants the blessings that he has on his life to perhaps do nice for him and his people that He is leading, but don't mess with Him and bring a curse on us. Even the world knows. Why are we lying to the world to protect ourselves? I'm preaching to somebody today. Isaac sowed a seed in the land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted, and the Lord favored him with blessing. I need number 12 to be a prophetic word to some people tonight. Hear me. We began the chapter with famine, like it was when Abraham was living in the land. It's now another famine like that. It's indicating it's bad, no rain. But Isaac sows seed in ground with no nurturing water and reaps a hundred times, a hundredfold. Abimelech certainly doesn't want anyone to mess up what economics might be a blessing between Isaac and his people and the People who Abimelech are that he is the king over. Ladies and gentlemen, the world we live in is watching and the Lord our God wants to bring increase. And there are some individuals in here right now that need to know out of your sowing, even in the time of famine, God has declared, I'll bring a hundred times, a hundredfold return. In famine, he will bless. I just need to know which of you are now setting your expectation to reap the harvest. Because it doesn't say that the harvest was produced and then he just stood there and looked at it and went, wow, that's really something. No, it says he harvested it. He reaped it. He gained it. It's not enough for the blessing to be in the field. It has to also come into your life. It's not enough to have a promise from the Lord. The word of the Lord to this house is that the harvest that's in the field now shall be reaped and it will come into the house and it will produce. And the house shall see abundance. And on the seed that has already been sown a hundredfold, even when you were in the time of famine, in the time of pandemic, in the time of struggle, the burden of the word of the lord and the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished he owned flocks and herds and a great supply of servants and the philistines envied him verse 15 is a word from the lord for you and all the wells which his fathers Servants, That's Abraham's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. The Philistines had closed them and filled them with earth. And the word of the Lord to this house is that there are wells of salvation that have been dug through intercession. And the word of the Lord to this house is that the Lord has caused you to go and look for those wells and to begin to redig them and pull the earth out of the wells of salvation and out of the wells of the Spirit of the living God. And it's not a stagnant water, but it is a stream or a flow or a spring of living water. It is water that gushes up out of the aquifer that is deep in the earth, even in the time of famine when He gave Him a hundredfold return yet the Lord says there is water yet in the earth for you to refresh you. But the Philistines had filled it with earth. You know, the world is filled with situations trying to dump dirt in on your wells of salvation. In on your wells of joy and gladness. It's trying to muddy it at first. It just muddies it. But after enough rocks and dirt get poured in, it becomes dry. And the spring cannot push through. And now it looks just like the rest of the earth. It's level. There's no even sign that there once was refreshing. Only the accuser of the brethren would send somebody along like these God forsaken Philistines who worship the God of fertility, who have, hmm, let's see, whoredoms as their worship who want to stop that which is pure that which is holy that which was promised that which was given springs shall i sing drinking at the springs of living water wonderful supply oh happy now am i there are there are wells that our fathers have dug and now is the time to go back and redig them and we see here the philistines had Filled them and now the digging has begun. And the word of the Lord to this house is, You've begun redigging the wells of salvation. And what a fine job because you got not just to the mud that's wet at the bottom of the well, but here it says that literally there was a spring. Can somebody say spring? Sprung up. Isaac's servants dug them, found them in the valley. Living water, my Amplified says. And the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water's ours. You labored. You dug. You turned your plate over. You fasted. You sought the face of God. You re-dug the well of salvation. And here comes a contentious spirit to fight with you over that which you have rightfully dug. Isaac calls this place Esak. He calls it contention. There is an accuser of the brethren today in the earth, accusing and contending to take away that which you have done and labored to bring refreshing. But God will give us grace to move a little further away. Right here, there were no guns pulled. There were no arrows shot. It just says uh, that then His servants dug another well. You know, sometimes it just feels like, why in the heaven should I give up a well I have had to redig that belonged to my Father and now give it up to contention? Because contention's not worth hanging out with. Sometimes you and I have to move away from contention and just once again turn the plate over, begin scraping the old earth and rock out of a well of salvation that was there. They went to another place where Abraham's servants had found water and they began to re it. And again, they quarreled over that well also. So Isaac named it enmity or hostility. The enemy starts with contention. But when you get, you're weary, you're tired, you have redug this well. There are promises that have been made to this house, and you have dug those wells. This place is a well unto itself. And God has given you a right to drink from the water of this well. This is not the well of contention. And this is not the well of hostility. We've drunk from those for a hot minute and then had to move on. But look at here. So they moved away from that one in verse 22. They dug another well. Someone say another well. You know, you and I need to have some servants like these who loved Isaac. I need to be an Isaac in this picture. I also need to be a servant of Isaac in this picture. There are some wells I've had to redig on behalf of another. There is a reward. There is a sweet satisfaction in knowing that I helped to dig a well for another. The word of the Lord to this house is that when they dug that one, they they did not come and quarrel. And so He named it Rehoboth, which means room. There comes a moment when the Lord makes room for you and your company. And we shall be fruitful in this land, is what Isaac said. Now he went up from there to Beersheba. So you need to understand, God will make room for you at a place when you have grown and been blessed and you have more cattle and herds than all the other people around you'll need to find a well that's not a seeping well but a spring of living water is there anyone listening by the spirit with me tonight there are some people who are happy to just suck the little drop of water dropping from a leaky faucet I'm not I'm not willing to lay there with my head kinked over the sink trying to get one little drop at a time. I'm I'm digging for the spring of living water that comes up out of the earth like a mighty flow of water of water. Have you ever been to one of those? I have with Bishop Nathan. We were in the Carpathian Mountains. And so up in the Carpathians is where the whole story of Vlad the Impaler is. And and these mountains had healing waters. And we went to a location up in the mountain and it has Natural carbonation in it and minerals. And so people come from great distances with big, you know, vessels and they fill them with this water because the the, the minerals in this water have a, a way of bringing healing to people's kidneys and their bladder and issues. Uh, with their uh, um renal system, and so the people would come and get this water, they would travel on a Saturday to go get it and then take it back home. I've been in those places, and the water is just gushing up out of the earth, gushing in Michigan, where I'm from Jackson, Michigan, they had this location they wanted they knew there was some, some water underneath, and so they were drilling, and when they did, they hit it, it hit so hard. Like you see in the movies when the oil is gushing, well, the water is gushing up out of the earth. They have a pipe that big around. And the pipe has holes on the sides and the water's gushing literally 20 feet up in the air and coming out the sides. The pressure of the water from the aquifer. And they've built these ponds there and they have stocked it with fish and so you can go there with your kids and you put corn on the end of a hook and before you can hardly get it thrown into the water, the fishy jumping out the water to nail that corn. Then you take it over and the dude will take the fish off for you and so mamas go there, don't have to mess with their nails getting hurt and then they will cut them up and clean them and cook them right there on the spot. Your child caught it, they clean it, you eat it before you go home. All the while looking at the water gushing out of the earth. You know, we need once again to dig that kind of a well. Because you need that kind of water when you have that kind of increase in your life. We have to stop settling for the trickle. As God increases this house, as God increases you, as God increases you, you need to make sure that the water flowing from the aquifer of God's presence is strong. So he goes to Beersheba before it's even called Beersheba. Do you see this? The Bible says, the Lord appeared to him the same night. He said, I am the God of Abraham your father, fear not. For I am with you and I will favor you with blessings and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. It's just nice to know that for the sake of my mama and daddy and what they did in serving the Lord and your mama and your daddy and every one of your grandparents who serve God, there is a blessing that's yet to be received from their Honoring the Lord. And sometimes we just think only in terms of they're gone to heaven and there's no more left of them. Ladies and gentlemen, they cut covenant with God. They made, they made covenant with Him. Stay plugged in to where that blessing is. And then dig some of your own wells and see what the Lord will do. Plant seed and famine and see what the Lord will do. Allow Him to bring increase to you. And then go to this place for an encounter with Him. So after this encounter, Isaac built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there. You know, you and I need to start dwelling, hanging out, camp where the glory and the presence of the Lord has come. Our willingness to linger like you did this morning. Not rushing into what would have been a great word. But saying, I want this water that's flowing in this moment to have its full work. You made room for Holy Ghost this morning. The burden of the Word of the Lord to you is camp out in the place of where the visitation of the Lord is. Every time Abraham or Isaac has this visitation. We see it uh, a lot with Jacob. He's having his own struggles. You'll read later on. I'm not going to tell you about his issues, but but at least Isaac knew that where he had an encounter with the Lord, build an altar, camp out there. Now Abimelech went to him from Gerar up to um, Ahuza, and one of his friends, Pekol, and his, arm, his army's commander, um, the Went with him and Isaac said to them, This is this is a this is a prophetic question. I want to ask you to be prepared for because this is what's going to happen. They're going to come to you and say, Are you ready? Isaac says to them, Why did you come to me, seeing that you hate me and that you've sent me away from you? It's pretty obvious that these people really don't want him around. And Isaac's not quite clear on the why, but it's obvious. And they said, we saw that the Lord was certainly with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, carrying a curse with it to befall the one who breaks it, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm inasmuch as that we have not touched you and have not done anything to you but good, and have sent you away in peace." Now they thought they had sent him away in peace. It kind of looked like that, but the truth is there was envying going on. We read that a little while ago. And they were getting larger and larger and there wasn't enough room for Isaac and his household around where Abimelech was. And so there was contention. There were two... There was a contention and a hostility, well, remember, and then the Lord made room for them. And now they're coming asking for a covenant. See, you're going to get caught off guard by when they come asking you for a covenant, please don't hurt us. Because when the greatness and the goodness of the Lord that's manifesting and yet coming now and unfolding in this house comes, there will be others who will come and say, please, will you make a covenant with us that you will not hurt us? Would you make the kind of covenant with us that um, something bad, really bad happens to you if you break your covenant with us? Notice they're not interested in saying something bad will happen to us. They're interested in somehow him swearing an allegiance that he won't rise up and get big because, see, they know their hearts are sinful. They're hoping Isaac won't rise up and be sinful and come after them and everything they got. But there is no blessing that Abimelech has that God hasn't blessed greater for Isaac. The word of the Lord to you right now in this moment is God is going to increase you in such a way people in the world are going to want contracts with you that you won't hurt them. You won't buy them out. You won't take over what they're doing to try to make a living. They're going to perceive that the blessing of the Lord in your life is so great. You could do a hostile takeover and they're going to want a covenant. Please do no harm. What I love about the burden of the Word of the Lord to this house and to you as individuals is that the Lord is saying, prepare your heart for the increase that is coming. They will want a covenant from you that you won't hurt them. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to listen to what He says here next? So He made them a formal dinner. And they ate and they drank and then they rose up early in the morning and they took the oaths with each other with the curse involved with one another and Isaac sent them on their way and they departed from him in Shalom with nothing lacking, nothing missing, and nothing broken. That same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug saying, We found! Water! Every time you make covenants to set somebody's heart at peace. Someone needs to hear this. That your willingness to help set someone's heart at peace, that you're not going to injure them, those who labor with you will find more water. There is only provision for people. There's not curse for people. There's provision for people. Who say, sure, I'll make a promise not to hurt you. Because nothing they do can injure you permanently. In this word right here, they found the water and He named the well Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba, meaning the well of the oath to this day. The burden of the Word of the Lord to you is that there has been contention. You have experienced contention and those who have fought over what you dug. But the Lord says, just trust Him and go dig another well. There's some things just not worth staying in contention over. Move on. The next place you go to, you dig, you labor, you sweat, and now you've got water flowing. And now they come with greater Contention, it's now hostility. The Lord says to you, don't worry about it. Move on. There is a time when the Lord says, just move away from that which you think is your only provision and move into the provision that the Lord has for you. And the next well was a place of more than enough room. The word of the Lord to this house is He's making room in you. He's making room in you. He's prepping you. Before the coming of the Lord, there will be such a great transfer of wealth that will take place that those who have trusted the Lord with their little. Are you hearing me? Little people stay little because they can't be trusted even with the little. Big people are trusted with big because they were faithful with the little. Little people are hard to trust because... They're not even faithful with the little. Big people, big faith, big obedience, big honoring faith, big honor people. They can be trusted with the big because they have been faithful with the little. The word of the Lord to this house is you've been faithful with the little. And God is making you a big place. I said, God is making you a big place. And I'm not talking about the chairs. And I'm not talking about the seeding capacity. I'm talking about the salvation anointing. I'm talking about deliverance. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about that which was promised to you and that the Lord is saying is now that their loved ones who have been lost and broken and hurting are now returning. The word of the Lord to you in Isaiah 60 is that your sons are coming from afar and your daughters shall be carried back to you. And those who have run off and thought They found a delightful place somewhere else. The Lord says they now are hearing of the wells that have been dug and room has been made for you and you have prospered. So I come to you tonight with this word. The burden of the word of the Lord is you are Isaac. You're also Isaac's servants. Don't be Abimelech. And don't be the herdsman of Gerar. Don't contend with somebody else's blessing. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, this ain't all the water Jehovah got on the planet. This what you want? Go ahead. Because Isaac's going to get enough water with enough room for all of his children and his people and his animals to be able to receive all the refreshing they need. I don't want to be the one who sat over here going, and we stole that well from him. And then God blessed him so big. I want to be the one who might be helping another redig a well. I also want to be the servant that, while, while my Isaac, is establishing protection covenant for these people who were really afraid of how big and powerful He's become. You see, He wants to know if He can trust you now in this moment. Because where you're headed will require that your heart was right now so that your heart will be right then. Yeah. When increase comes in such a flood, there's no time to get your character right. And you you have said yes to the Lord. You've been allowing Him to adjust your hearts. You've been building character in this moment. You've been faithful. You've been big, big faith people with the little things so that God can give you the big things to take care of. Do you not know that there is an open heaven in this region? Have you not heard that the wells of salvation are being redug? That there are sons and daughters literally leaving addictions, running for an altar, looking for where God is? Will we know how to introduce them to the living water? Is there a well of living water on the inside of us? Is there a river of life flowing from us? Are we yet being a servant to an Isaac that the Lord has brought into our life? I've got Isaacs that I serve, and I want to make sure i'm 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 on duty and while they're taking care of some kingdom business i'm digging i'm digging in the earth i'm moving rock out the way because there's always going to be more water why because there's increase in my master's house there's increase in my father's house your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and this is the word of the lord to you you are positioning yourself so Abimelech will come and ask you, please don't hurt us. Swear you'll kill yourself before you hurt us. Then not that like the world? Yeah. The reason why he made the covenant with them was so that they could be at peace. Do you have the ability to set the wicked at peace by your expanse? <laughs> this is a word for you. It would have been nice if the word of the Lord would have come to me for my house this morning because I'm delighting in delivering this word to you. But I'm telling you right now for you this night, the word of the Lord is He intends to bring increase. So now we set our heart. Lord, what is it my hands need to be busy doing? Am I planting seed even in what people say is famine? Am I tending to the flock? Am I caring for the little lambs and children's ministry? Am I I laboring uh, before the Lord with bringing the incense of the Lord in the worship component? Am am I caring for the person who comes on the door who needs to be welcomed and greeted? Am I going and visiting those who are hurting and wounded? Whatever it is that you're called to do, just do it. Be faithful. Be Isaac's servants. Who is Isaac? It's Christ. Isaac in this whole passage here is Jesus. He's the son of promise. Isaac was always the son of promise. Yeah. Jesus, when he took the three pieces of, there were three pieces of matzah bread or whatever bread there was in that little, you know, napkin thing, and he pulls it out. He pulled out the middle one when he said, "This is my body." He was saying, "I am the son of promise. I'm Isaac." He was indicating he is the one. He's not Abraham and he's not Jacob. He's Isaac. He's the son of promise. Who had come, so this is my body which is broken for you. There's an Isaac who's yet looking to know, are we willing to walk with him and see what he will do? And the Lord also wants to make you an Isaac. Ladies, Isaac, gentlemen, Isaac, you get to be an Isaac. You you get to be one who has a household. You just plant in famine and watch what God will do. Now, with the burden of the Word of the Lord comes a willingness to say yes. It comes with a a demand, an anointing that draws upon us to present ourselves to the Lord and say yes. You got your shout this morning. You're getting insight tonight. The word of the Lord to us this night is that God is doing a work now. Which one of you which group of you, which prayer group of you, which which teacher group of you, which which men's group of you have been down in the bottom of the well digging? And it's dry as dry can be. And you're about to move a rock where the moisture is going to be seen. You're, you're about to take one more scoop and find that there's something starting to flow. Oh, the joy of the moment you have dug through the dryness and found that there is a river waiting to burst forth. The desert is a hot place. And Gerar is not a good place. Do you understand where Gerar is? It's right there along the south Mediterranean. I mean, it's right in the Gaza Strip area now. It's right where, yeah... Palestinian Philistines live right now. The same demonic spirits operating in the land there now as was in that time. Can you be Isaac? Can you dwell in a land where even they worship? You understand their God was Dagon. Ultimately Dagon like goes away and Baal becomes Baal his son becomes their God. Now you know the kind of people that Isaac's trying to deal with. And yet God expands him. I don't have time to tell you about Jacob. Jacob did not operate in the anointing of his father and his grandfather. If Jacob would have just put a stinking seed in the ground. No. spends almost all his money trying to buy food from Egypt. And the Lord told Isaac, don't go to Egypt. So it will require a Joseph to save them. Don't be jo- Don't be Jacob. Be Isaac. Would you stand to your feet as David the harpist comes and plays on his six strings? So I did not come to you tonight to. Um, I did not come to you tonight to do anything but deliver what I believe is the burden of the Word of the Lord to this house. This is what I know. That there is a river that's flowing here. I, I was privy to it in the midst of the worship. I was standing here and I felt the river of God flowing. And the river of God will only increase. Every time you say yes, every time you scrape at that earth, it just it flows more and more and more and more. There are people coming in who are dusty. You know when dusty people from the world come in and they're dusty. The moment they get in the river and the flow, it looks muddy for just a minute. Don't get scared. The water's flowing. This is not a pool. This is a river. And as the river flows, then the dust will move on downriver and they'll be clean and it'll be wonderful. Could you hear what I'm saying? That sometimes when when they're coming in from the road and they're coming in from the hardness of, of life, they're just covered and caked with mud but the Lord says in this place where the water is gushing, it is not a stagnant pool. It is a river that is flowing. But even then, the water will sometimes appear to be muddy, but it's the washing of the water of the Word this purifying so that it might make them clean and refreshed and holy. And I'm just asking you tonight with this simple word from the Lord that God is saying to you, your time is now. Leave contention and don't even abide one more fight at hostility. The word of the Lord to some of you tonight is you've been having contention with something that you thought you needed to just protect. And the Lord says, walk away from what you think is your only provision and see that God has provision for you. And step into that which He wants to do even now. And then some of us just need to understand, it's time for no hostility. Just just say, I ain't going to fight over this. God owns it all, and there's another well to dig. And God makes room in that place for you and all yours to thrive and to be refreshed. So I believe that tonight, God is saying to you as a congregation that every one of us are in this passage. Every one of us have been found in that place. And would, would we yield to it? So I'm going to ask your, your apostolic pastor to come in this moment and that the worship team would worship and that perhaps you would just respond. Maybe you need to leave the seat you're, you're standing by as just kind of a like an, an act of faith, just a faith stepping away from the well of contention. Or the, or the king that says, I don't want you around here no more. I don't want any of these people to get in trouble if they mess with the God that you serve. Sometimes we just got to step away from contention and move to the place where God wants to give us water that will belong to us. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone can see in Scripture that God is going to give His children back their land. And do you know that land is not a narrow little strip like you see today? It runs from the Mediterranean all the way over to the Euphrates. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has promised He will give abraham this land and his seed and his descendants and the day is coming and fast approaching and so we've already seen him restore a nation and people are flooding back but the day is coming when they will have all the land that belongs to them and i just say to you right now you have abided in your narrow place but the lord wants to give you all that he has promised to you It's time for that to come And so I'm just going to labor here for a moment in prayer. I'm asking pastor just to come. And um, maybe they could just choose the song that would give us a chance to respond. And if there's, listen, no stone, no stone or shovel full of dirt from the previous well should go to your next one. You can bring the tools that the Lord gave you along the way, but don't bring any dirt from your other place. Don't bring a rock from the other place. Don't bring anything other than the skills and the tools that God has given you as you step into this new moment so that we can see what the Lord wants to do in this place. And so I'm going to tag Pastor because he's going to know the outworking of this message even more than I am. He is the apostolic shepherd of this house. But I call you now into a moment where you will say yes to the refreshing because you're about to strike the well of the aquifer that breaks forth from the earth and pours out a teeming river of water and what will the Lord do with it?